Welcome to today's podcast. I'm Scott Knuckles with The Untold Story. Thank you for joining me. I hope today's message will drive you to a greater faith, a more lasting hope, and a deeper love for others and yourself. I'm reminded of the quote by Thomas Edison. He said, Many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. Let's get started with today's podcast. I want to pick up on a topic that impacts every one of us. Peter was an apostle. He was one of the inner circle and was one of the three that was incredibly close to Jesus. He was one of the first disciples to drop everything when Jesus said, follow me. He walked on water. He witnessed the glory at the Mount of Transfiguration, where God himself said, this is my son in who I am well pleased. He witnessed and participated in countless miracles. He was the first one to proclaim that Jesus was in fact the Messiah. He was there when Jesus shared the word and foretold what was going to happen to him. He was so loyal, in fact, that he shared that he would die with Jesus. And Jesus told Peter, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Peter, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. That's pretty powerful, huh? So Peter was definitely in the inner circle, and he experienced a lot, and he was deeply close to Jesus. But there's something that struck me about Peter. It was in Jesus's greatest hour. Peter denies him. Not once, but three times. Jesus said to Peter, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me. Not once, but three times. And that's what happened. I asked myself, how could this happen? How could this happen? He knew that God had a plan for him. He recognized that Christ was supreme. How could he deny the Savior of the world? You know, for those of you that have ever picked up a Bible, what do you think the most repeated command is? I bet it'll surprise you. The good news is that no matter where you are in life, it's going to encourage you. And I bet you're trying to think about what was it? You know, what is it that's most repeated in the Bible? Well, guess what? It's not. It's not a warning. It's not about sex money or power, politics, rules, or any of that. The most repeated command in the Bible, do not fear. Do not fear. Now, if you're like me and you believe that those words were written for a reason, not by an accident, God knew beforehand what our greatest weakness would be. That's why it's there. The greatest point that would keep us from the opportunities 
that are before us. The greatest thing that would keep us from his plan and purpose for our lives. The very thing that would keep us from a lifestyle of peace and victory. The enemy turns out to be fear. Because at its extreme, it decreases our hope and it limits our victories. Fear literally keeps us small. It causes us to shrink and it can take many, many forms. See, fear sows doubt. It gets us to doubt the small and the important things. And most of all, it impacts our relationship with Jesus because it causes us to distrust that the Lord really has a plan, that the Lord is really in control, and that He understands what we're going through at any given time. Fear robs us, literally. What was meant to keep us from harm turns out to be a barrier that literally paralyzes us and keeps us from our destiny and purpose in life. Can you believe that fear is mentioned over 500 times in the Bible? There's an author I particularly like. It's Ralph Waldo Emerson. And he said, fear defeats more people than any other one thing in the world. Franklin Roosevelt said, you probably know this one. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I can think of no more fitting message to share as the first podcast for the first podcast because we have chaos happening around the world. We have a virus that has impacted people in nearly every nation on the earth. It has brought the world to its knees. When you think about fear, there's so many things to obsess about. We have fears about wars and violence and crime and natural disasters, terrorism, whether we're going to be able to provide for our families, disease like COVID-19, and, and many of us fear death. We fear for our children's future. We fear for our families. We fear for our financial future. We fear for our safety. You know, the list goes on and on. There's a lot we could be worried about. A lot. Do you know that reality tells us that much of what we spend our time worrying about never even happens? It's like living under the proverbial weight of what if. What if this happens? What if that happens? It's a hard place to dwell. All of us. All of us are impacted by fear. You know, we so much want to stretch out and to take that step, but fear is actually what holds us back. I did a search for top human fears. Just curious, like what, what are all these fears that are out there? And you can imagine there are tons of things out there, but, but these, I think, pretty well sum it up. Losing control, losing the power to control our lives, the fear of change. Some of us have been so bound up for so long because we're not willing to change because fear has held us back. And some of us struggle with the fear of the unknown. 
Some of us, it's the fear of pain, disappointment, being judged by others, loneliness, ridicule, death, failure, and rejection. What about Peter? We opened with Peter. What was it that caused a man who was so close close to the Messiah, so close to the Messiah, but yet denied him three times when it when it was the most important. What about Job, who said, My great fear has come upon me? You know, some of us have. I know I've struggled, you know, with a feel of fear of failure, you know. You know, how am I doing? Am I doing a good job? Am I doing things the right way? Am I you know, and it's it's a it's a constant battle, right? And you know, and you, you think about it and you're like, what what does all that get us? You know, all this fear. And I happened upon this story from the New England Journal of Medicine about how fear actually works. And I want you to listen to this. In 1998, at a high school in Tennessee, a teacher complained of a pungent gasoline-like smell in her classroom. Soon after, she fell ill, reporting symptoms such as nausea, shortness of breath, dizziness, and a headache. Almost immediately, several students in her class started to experience similar symptoms, and before long, the rest of the school was stricken. The building was evacuated as firefighters, ambulances, and police arrived on the scene to tend to the sick. That evening, the local emergency room admitted 80 students and 19 staff members. 38 were hospitalized overnight. But what was this mysterious toxic gas that sparked the outbreak? Several extensive investigations by government agencies found nothing. Blood tests showed no signs of any harmful compounds. Instead, according to Timothy Jones, a local epidemiologist, the fear of being poisoned had spread, fueling the symptoms experienced by everyone inside. A report in the New England Journal of Medicine attributed the outbreak to a phenomenon known as mass psychogenic illness, which occurs when the fear of infection spreads just as virulently as the disease itself. The students and staff had decided that, based on the behavior of those around them, there was a real threat they needed to be afraid of. The outbreak in Tennessee demonstrates that people can be scared, listen to this, to the point of sickness, without there actually being any real threat present. You think about that story. There was no actual threat. It was all about fear, the fear of threat. And so that got me thinking, you know, what, what's the impact that fear can have on our health? In psychology today, they describe specifically how fear impacts all of us. And I don't know about you, but I've certainly experienced some of these. Increased anxiety, a decline in productivity, relationship problems, misinterpreted gestures, Walking around fearful that someone is upset with you when they're not. Being incapacitated, 
which is a loss of strength and power, it drains us literally literally of our strength. Depression, fatigue, we can end up making poor decisions, and it can impact our emotional growth. You know, fear is one of the most popular tools the enemy uses against us. I'd ask you, you know, this this has provoked me, you know, how have I been riddled with fear? And in light that the Bible has so much to say about it. I want to show you two golden nuggets or, or share with you a couple of nuggets that I found. The first one is in Isaiah 54, 14 and verse 17. It says, listen, this is so powerful. In righteousness, you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear. And from terror, for it shall not come near you. Now, this is a powerful word. Think about what that scripture said. See, oppression weighs heavenly on the mind. And I know you would agree it causes worry and it's due to prolonged cruel or unjust treatment or control. That's what oppression does. But this scripture says you will be far from oppression because you will not fear. Think about that. You will be far from oppression because you will not fear. See, this verse, it's so powerful because it establishes the relationship between fear and oppression. When you live in fear, you are completely oppressed. Freedom from oppression is predicated on the absence of fear and the presence of righteousness. Now, I ask myself, I'm sure you do, how how can I become righteous? How can I be in right standing with the Father? And it's pretty simple. It's having a relationship with Christ. It's not about all the works that we do and all the things that we accomplish. That's not it. Being in right standing is having a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, there's an old scripture that moves me. It says, if you long for me like I long for you, you will be satisfied. We, the Bible says, are the righteousness of Christ. He first loved us. When we are locked into and focused on him versus the fear, the fear disappears. And when you look at verse 17, it says, don't worry, no weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed and you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their vindication is from me declares the Lord. That is so cool. No weapon formed against us will prosper. When we put fear aside and trust in our creator, oppression is far from us. And no weapon ultimately that gets formed against us will prevail. And every tongue that rises up against us in judgment shall be condemned. You know what? That's so. It's so cool because he says, I see it all. I'm in tune with it all, and I got you. No matter what happens, I have you. And I love uh, Philippians 1, 27 and 28. It says, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, 
I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. Listen to this. Without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. Listen to this. Peter struggled so much that when the stress levels were high and people were all saying, you were with him, you were with him, I know you were with him, fear gripped him and he denied Christ three times. What this is saying is, don't be frightened by anyone who opposes you. And all he had to say is, yes, I was with him, but fear took over. And you have to understand, every time we say no to fear, the enemy is disappointed and reminded that he is doomed because he gets no victory, right? Because the last part of that scripture says, but that you will be saved and that by God. So when we say no to fear, those darts of the enemy, the enemy is reminded that he is doomed. That's who is doomed. So I got to thinking, you know, I'd ask you, what what do you think the opposite of fear is? I think most people would say faith. But it's not faith. It's love. Now, this, this baffled my mind at first. I'm like, how could, how could love be the opposite of fear versus faith being the opposite of fear? And the way I think about it is it's like building blocks, right? The foundation is built on love. Love generates faith, right? And so if you think about it, it's love, perfect love cast out fear. The more we're in relationship with our creator, the less likely we are to fear. See, the more we're in relationship, the more we trust his word. And the more our confidence, we get a confidence boost because we say, regardless of what I'm going through, you got this. And it decreases fear and increases faith. And that that's, uh, and you're like, where did you get that from, right? But 1 John 4, 8, 4, 18 confirms it, confirms it. It says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out all fear. Now, here's another struggle I had because you're, I know what you're thinking. You're listening to this verse and you're saying to yourself, but how can I be perfect? I always struggled with this, you know, how, so really this isn't fair because nobody's perfect. Did you know that in this context, when you interpret that word, it means complete, complete love cast out all fear. So what is complete love? Well, complete love is summed up in the two commands that we were given to love the Lord with all of our hearts and to love our neighbors as ourselves, right? That's, believe it or not, that's the key to reducing fear. The closer we get to the Lord, the less fear we have. That's powerful. Wouldn't you agree if you think about it, the times that you've been the closest to the Lord 
and everything around you is falling apart, there's somehow this inner peace. And you aren't filled with worry, but you're hopeful that God is going to move on your behalf. See, the Bible says that we do not have a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. See, if God's love is complete and it's our foundation, then what do we need to be reminded of? I just want to pick a few awesome scriptures to share. Isaiah 43, 1 says, Don't fear, I have redeemed you. Deuteronomy 31, 8. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Don't be afraid. And in fact, don't be discouraged. Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I love this next one, Romans 8.38 and 39. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. So listen, it goes on and on about not being anxious, submitting everything through prayer and petition, talking about the peace that he's going to give, peace not as the world gives, but peace like only he can give. It's powerful when we can get a hold of this word and realize that we do not have to operate in a world of fear. You know, I'll, I'll share this last one, Psalm 27, 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. In whom shall I be afraid? That's the power You remember that early quote I shared by Ralph Waldo Emerson that said, fear defeats more people than any other one thing in the world. Well, you know, he also said, do the thing you fear and the death of fear is certain. Les Brown said, if you're not willing to risk, you cannot grow. If you cannot grow, you cannot be your best. If you cannot be your best, you cannot be happy. If you cannot be happy, what else is there? The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. When we have that joy, no matter what we're going through, we know that we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be scared of the circumstance or the situations that are happening in our lives. You know, as we bring uh, this one to a close, you know, I thought to myself, well, is there a healthy fear? And I did find something on that. Isn't it healthy to fear the Lord? But it's not the type of fear that we experience, right? It's not that type of fear. The fear of God refers to a sense of respect, awe, and submission. Why is it that we're asked to fear the Lord? Because when we do, we recognize that He has the power over everything. God is eternal. 
God is sovereign. I love that word sovereign. It's, it means authority to govern everything. He holds the keys to every aspect of our lives, right? And when we place the proper respect on submission to the Lord, there are huge benefits that we reap. The Bible alone says here are the benefits that you can have. Prolonged life, contentment, provision, deliverance, mercy, strong confidence, knowledge and wisdom, strength to turn away from evil. And finally, it says, when we put our respect in the fear of the Lord preeminently or in first place, the Bible says that the Lord takes pleasure in them that fear him, in those that hope in his mercy. That's Psalm 147, 11. Why? Because we say, no matter what I go through, I'm going to trust you above all else. Let's end where we began with Peter who denied he knew Christ three times. The good news is the story doesn't end there. After Jesus' resurrection, he approached Peter, and three times he asked him the same question. Peter, do you love me? And three times Peter gave the same answer. Lord, you know I do. In one moment, three denials turned into three declarations of love. In a moment of panic, based upon fear, Peter had denied the one he loved the most. What fear intended to do with Peter was to wipe away the relationship he had with Christ. He spent every day with Jesus. He's the one that said, I'll die for you. Where you go, I'll go. But those in that courtyard that day, he proclaimed, I never knew him, using profanities, stating, I never knew him. Fear drove denial that day, but Christ wiped it all away with a simple question asked three times. Peter, for his part, threw off the fear of rejection and ridicule and went on to fulfill his destiny to reach tens of thousands for Christ, finally giving his life up for him, being crucified upside down on a cross. You know what Peter said when they were going to crucify him? He said, I'm not worthy to die in the same manner as Jesus. So they crucified him upside down. For whatever reason, maybe fear has gripped you. Maybe it's knocked you off course and held you back. I think the Father would say this to you. Isn't it time to let go of those fears that you've been holding on to? All that fear weighing you down, give it to me. Why not trust me in place of that fear? Why not put fear in its rightful place by releasing it to me and I will give you a peace you are so desperately searching for? Do you realize that I loved you before you even knew what love was? I had you on my mind when I dragged that cross up the hill. I had you on my mind when I was in pain and agony. And when I breathed my last breath, I said, it is finished. Why? All for you. So you could have relationship with me. 
to bring you an abundant, hope-filled life without fear. That's where you belong. The Bible says those who search me, they find me. Those who knock on the door, it will be open. As we close this podcast, remember, fear is a liar. It is your enemy. It wants to hold you back from your full potential. And what you can do is take one step forward by conquering those fears and being in relationship with the Father. I hope you've enjoyed listening to today's podcast. Would you take a moment and provide a rating, subscribe, and consider sharing this message of encouragement with others. Until next time, blessings.